Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. And you're very welcome back to the program. Of course, what I should have been doing instead of yapping there during the break was making sure that all my guests were actually sitting at their own microphones. <laughs> So, John, will you take this one? That's John Sheehy. Welcome in this morning. Kieran Birmingham, hop into this one. Very welcome in today. And Cora Fenton, you take this one. <laughs> you're very welcome in today. And because you're all in today, this is the most amazing chance to get the whole lot of you chatting about the 10th anniversary reunion tour. We should have had the tennis rackets to play <laughs> this morning. Fred and Alice back on the road again. This is incredible, guys, isn't it? Yes, yes. <laughs> you it can is, talk as well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, everyone can talk at the same time. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is. It's 10 years. It's like this show started and all we were doing was going on in Kamalik for a few nights. And um, then we ended up um, being invited to, to Dublin and uh, to Bewley's for three weeks. And then it just took off, didn't it? Um, it took off and we've been going nearly every year since. Um just invited to places and touring and we're 10 years older of course so the show is an extra 10 minutes yeah, long. Yeah we, we, we were only 27 when we started. Yeah. yeah so yeah. now yeah. in my late 30s. <laughs> <laughs> Thank but, you all of you for that support. <laughs> but the thing is you're, you're right I do remember actually uh, the buzz when you took Fred and Alice to Bewley's in Dublin yeah. and how it suddenly went from everyone down here loving it to oh my god this is actually going to fly. It was really an arrival. It's 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 a it was a really strange experience for for for, for myself, if, um, because um, I'd met the lads and um, I'd met them when I was doing the gridiron, not the gridiron play. The um, what was John's company that did the play down in the the estate during one of the um, what was it? Hammergrin. When I was doing their, their play, I'd met the lads after that, and um, and then they discussed Fred Nass and they asked me to come along and read for it, and we went. And as Cora said, we did in Kilmallock, and it was great. It was just a great show. And then we went to Dublin, and I remember kind of Bewley's was on my hit list mm-hmm. for um, things that I wanted to achieve as an actor. Like There was things like, you know, I want to do a panto, I want to do a comedy, um, I want to do a TV comedy, I wanted to do the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. And I had done all those, and Bewley's was one of the, the top things to do, because it was a place where you went and plays were discovered there. You know, like in fairness, the the, 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 the lads who had their place, they were, they were superb and they really brought good theatre there. And you knew that if you were there, you, you somewhat arrived. Mm-hmm. If that's, if that's not too kind of. No, it's not. It's not because it was, it is about, to say, like, you yeah, know. a recognised venue that yeah. was also yeah. recognised for launching an awful lot yeah. and for, you know, also hosting edgy theatre. So mm. it was a place to try new material and for people to, you know, let things fly and, 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 and it did. So mm. what do you remember the first show of? <laughs> 
Fred and Alison Feely's corner. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the first, like, we were terrified, I must admit. Uh, we and were, we're not very good together. Yeah. Um, and we make each other really nervous. Yeah. So we were terrified. Yeah. So, uh, we were standing in the back, and all I can remember is the soup as well, the smell of the soup. Yes. The soup, because you were standing just beside the kitchen where they were, um, the audience come in just before the show, and they yeah. get to sit down and have soup and bread and water, so they're, they're in great form, and we just stand outside where the soup is made. And we went on, and, um, oh, I don't know, I suppose it was about 40 or 50 people there, and yeah. it was our first time realising we've kind of got something special here. Yes. And... Emails started coming from people who saw the show and people were coming up to us afterwards and saying, listen, we have a festival on later on in the summer. Would you be interested in coming? And we hadn't, we, you know, we, did, we didn't know. I, I, I was only kind of new to producing at this stage. So, so that started happening. But just, just a buzz of kind of going on in Bewley's. And also Bewley's is on Grafton Street, so you could still hear and see, you know, yeah. hear the stuff buskers, going on. Outside, everything. And, and, and there, was everything. This, there was this weird agreement with the buskers, actually, that yeah. the buskers stopped on Grafton Street during the play, during the play yeah. there's that agreement because there's a busker who's, who's just below the window of the theatre and there's an agreement on the street that the busking stops outside um, I didn't know things. that yeah, yeah it's, yeah, it's yeah, phenomenal because yeah. there was on one of the shows there was a guy who was playing and um, Colm had to run down and say it look because uh, and he was new he was new he was oh, just, so he so didn't he, know he, 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 yeah. no. but I remember what was he roaring outside the window yeah, and uh, you could have been just at a kind of a particular moment yeah. Yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah oh yeah, Colm yeah. our operator we, I, I could just see Colm out of the corner of my eye just, uh, just disappearing running. and I was like Jesus, Jesus our, uh, <laughs> our operator is gone <laughs> and I was like what's, what's going on and then uh, a couple of minutes later you heard the music stopping outside and Colm arriving back on just in time for the next queue. <laughs> uh, well, I, I remember the, um, the, the the most terrifying thing for me was when we did the, the dress, the first dress um, on the Sunday and we um, we did our get in the Sunday morning and it was great and Tim came up and we were all there and the whole place was done and actually we just went for a run and um, and like Fred opens the play and I stood up and next day I kind of went what's my first line? <gasps> Just hearing that in the moment. Oh, my and, God, the horror of it, yeah. And I actually actually say, line. And Colm gave it to me. And <laughs> I kind of went, oh, my God. Yeah. You know? It, and it was absolutely, it was. But I, it, the place was quite intimidating. And then yeah. we got onto huge spaces after that, which were kind of less. Yeah, we played in everything since then. Well, it was we played in, we you played in, in halls you played in, and theatres. Yeah, and, and outside Ireland. Yes. yes, we played in the you barn. Know, we played in the barn in Scotland. That was something mm. else. The, it was this amazing That was John's festival. favourite place. Yeah. <laughs> My favourite place, yes. In the, somewhere in the Highlands of Scotland, they have... Uh, is it a hotel? Or is it just a big... No, that was a family home. It's a family home with its own that you could buy a Michelin chef. And they had this kind of food festival every year. That just... Uh, As you do. Attracts the strangest of people, <laughs> which is wonderful. And they invited us to come and do uh, for Nanastar. So we, we turned up. I took guys in my lighting plan and my tech requirements and everything, and we turned up to a barn <laughs> with the light coming in through. <laughs> There's a clear prospect in one of the overhead the barn, so that was our lighting source. Oh, wow. Uh, our, we had some uh, mood music from the pigs that were kept <laughs> in a cage behind <laughs> us, so got a bit agitated from time to time. <laughs> so everyone came in and sat in bales of straw and bales of hay and watched the show. and with their champagne with their champagne it was only champagne it was so funny it was it was probably one of the poshest gigs that Fred and Alice ever played in the roughest environment we'd hay bales for the it was was stunning it was absolutely stunning but it was just one of these places that was minted everybody there was minted you know like and it was just like everybody drinking champagne and 
Um, and it was just so funny. And some of them really were in the in, in, into the play. Others were just there, you know. But it was, you it see, was eventful. It, well, you got invited there because of the nature of the story and the nature of the two performances. And the two characters are, of course, Fred and Alice. And, you know, the, the sub or the byline of the show is Love in the Time of OCD. Mm. And these are two such glorious, gorgeous, gorgeous characters. You just want to mind them. You just want to love them. You want life and the world to be beautiful for them. You yes. want, you know, nothing to, to harm these two. Uh, John, tell me about them. Um, <laughs> hey, if you're a live no, radio, no, you have to catch, catch the ball. Love it. Catch the ball, run. <laughs> well, they're here with us. <laughs> Tell us about yourselves. <laughs> no, they're, they're two uh, wonderful characters, and I, it's, um, it was my second play ever writing uh, about what twelve years ago now. So the, it was the the. Fear second album for me, yeah. I guess, because the first one had to was set in stone. This was kind of a local play that we did site specific. Kamalkit had went down very well, so this was trying to follow that so with something completely different. And um, I think I just I was never that interested in writing about ordinary people in ordinary situations. Uh, so these two certainly aren't uh, wouldn't be accused of ordinary ordinariness. Certainly, they're fantastic characters with their own unique take on the world and. Uh, yeah, I like I like their spirit, their indomitable spirit. There's no stopping them. They, if they, I like they. They don't need much in this world as they decide themselves. But what they, when they find something that they want to go straight forward, and there is there is no stopping them. So that's admirable. I mean, Kieran, when you first got the script into your hand, did you know you had like lightning in a bottle in Fred? Um, I don't know. I, I, I got the script and I read it and I came in, my God, there's an awful lot to learn. Look at all them lines. And the big, the big blocks of monologue. And then I looked at Alice's script and I go, oh, she's got a lot more to learn than me. This is fine. And then I read it and I go, wow, this is, this is really interesting. And the use of language in it is incredible. And the, the subtleties that are being told within the story because it's, I, I love the fact that, that John says like, you they're they're not kind of an ordinary couple, but still they're they're a couple who are struggling to find their own mark in the mm-hmm. world and who want this independence, which we all struggled for from from being teenagers to going into adulthood and and trying to separate ourselves from our parents and become independent mm-hmm. adults. And I think Fred and Alice want that, um, but people are afraid to give it to them. Yeah, because I, mean, I suppose we're all talking with the premise that we know the background and uh, yes. everything like that to the story. But a lot of listeners who'd be listening, Cora, wouldn't have any clue about these two beautiful, beautiful people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like Fred and Alice, I suppose, um, it is a quirky love story uh, about these two mischievous characters and they meet in a home. Yeah. So... Uh, they're in care. They're in care. Mm. Yeah. And Fred, Fred lives there. Alice comes uh, and goes home every day and she lives at home with her mum. So they, they meet they meet in a home and when they first meet Fred Fred isn't talking, Fred doesn't talk to anyone. And as Alice says herself, she sees Fred and it's love at first sight. And then Fred doesn't talk to her again for years and then eventually he gets used to her and it's love at first sight for him as well. But after what, twenty years after twenty years of kind of yeah of her getting in his way and being persistent. But what she sees in Fred and what he sees in her uh, is lovely. So Fred isn't talking and then Alice, through persistence and through her wonderful personality, she 
persists with Fred and eventually he talks to her. And Fred, uh, I guess Alice brings Fred out of himself. And Fred then does the opposite for Alice. He kind of helps push her back into herself a bit. So they, I guess they complement each other. And it's not easy for them, but it's like any normal couple's day fight can be argue about, exactly. about every day. Yeah. Because these aren't two kind of gullible innocents going through the world, looking through everything in rose-coloured glasses, or we would project all sorts of, you know, stories onto them. They're fully complex and fully kind of, uh, you know, have all oh, the yeah. r- frustrations and rage. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, I think it's good because, like, um, f- like um, Azaz has, like, your know, friend eventually talks to her, but it's his first kind of like two words to her are get up because she's in his way it's it's not that he's kind of going like you know fawning over um, he, he, she's in his way Fred's practical out you're in my way get up get out of my way and and she does but like she's weak that he's even spoke to her but they're not um, to use the cock phrase should God help us yeah. you know they're not they're not that they 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 have incredible imaginations and um, like Alex could be um, could run the exchequer with her ability with numbers you know and um, and and that's the beauty of it and but these these are the things that mm. we don't see with some people we put a label on them exactly and I, I remember yeah. that that was one of the things we did uh, this a uh, couple of years ago and and it was um it was actually in Carlo where where we only came back from on Friday night and we had a Q&A afterwards and um you were talking John about um the fact that one of the things that this came out of that you didn't like people being labeled and you didn't like labels being mm. put on people which i think is is <laughs> Very current because um, um, everybody saying that um, we don't we don't want to label anybody, and yet everybody's obsessed with labeling. It's just become more obsessive and yeah. obsessive as time has gone on. Inst- even though we'd like to imagine we're becoming more enlightened and open, mm-hmm. instead of that, there is a, a rush to identify and label people. And the thing is, you you said about the you know God help us is and. That is how these two beautiful people would have been dismissed at one time and never mm. given a chance at independence and never given a chance to have their own love story. And John has written them this beautiful, you know, adventure. Yeah. And, uh, and that's the testament to yeah. the, the play lasting 10 years, like, um, is the writing. And like, mm-hmm. the thing is that the reality of it is that this play will go on in 30 years time. Yeah. Like yeah. we, like we see when, like, I, I don't be bigging him up now because he's next to me, but like, you know, it's, it, it is. Yeah, like, John, it, keep your head yeah. on there. <laughs> You're so <laughs> egotistical. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Take a lesson out of one of the three. Will have to be. <laughs> I'll, I'll be but quite like, back down again. Yeah, but you, yeah, yeah. We lash him down in a second. But you see that you see like you know the 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 the, the Irish writers that are that that are, are thirty years old and forty years old and and are still being done today. It's because of writing, and the writing in this is 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 beautiful and it's lyrical. Yeah. And 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 it, it's kind of and you don't know what's coming next. No, you never do. The language is absolutely divine in it. The action is constant. I mean, like the two of you must just expend, I don't know how much energy through every show every night. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a full yeah, rock yeah. festival yeah, basically yeah, yeah. in this show. It you know, it is it is sensational. Um, it is the tenth anniversary kind of celebration of it. Even though, as you've been describing, this play is so popular and is so um, dearly loved by people that you're pretty much performing it the whole of the last COVID notwithstanding mm. of course yeah. um, and a return to the Cork Arts Theatre yeah. it's lovely yeah, yeah. It, um, I suppose uh, the Cork Arts Theatre is home away from home for myself and John we we came to Cork to do a theatre course and I came because I went to see a play in the 
in the old cat club and I walked up the stairs and I went into this theatre space and I met them afterwards and it was a student from um, Gloucester Stefan Nefa with, with Marion, with Marion White and I remember being absolutely mesmerised by the whole place and uh, that that was the reason we kind of started uh, we did the Colossia Stefaneva drama course and our first plays were in the cat club so to be to then do as a professional uh, John for, you know second play in the cat club was fantastic we've we've done it a couple of times there and, mm. and we were invited back again this time by by Finn so we're we're thrilled and as well we lived in Cork for 15 years so uh, you know this week now I'm like come on meet me for coffee you yeah. know as well. catching yeah. up with everybody <laughs> which is what you have to do when you when you yeah. do something like this and especially when it's something as kind of as special as this you know it's yeah. Uh, yeah. so Cork Arts Theatre from when to when? What night are you opening? What's opening we're, night? We're, we're opening, opening Wednesday, Wednesday, so we're on Wednesday night. And then Thursday, Fridays, we're at lunchtime as well. So we're at 1pm, so that's really nice. And you can have your lunch there. Yeah, um, and they do really nice uh, soup and that sort of stuff. And yeah. it's all, you can kind of get the food from 12 o'clock onwards so that you're yeah. well sated before well, you sit in for yeah, the show, which, and is, then, which is uh, lovely. Yeah. And then go in and see the show at 1. And then we're on at 8 o'clock as well. And then on Saturday, we're on at 8 o'clock as mm. well. Uh, yeah, so and yeah, so we've got four nights and two, two, uh, and two four evenings extensions. and two matinees. Yeah. Okay, so all of that, all of those details will be on corkartstheatre.com and people can check that out at any stage. Yeah. Before we go to a break, and I, I thought we'd have more time to talk about it, but we're actually looking at the clock running down. <laughs> have any of you been following the whole uh, uh, SAG actors yes. strike uh, yes. in the States, like the actors and writers? That is monumental. And I know, Kieran, you've done so a lot of filming yeah. uh, around the place. So, like... It's been in quite incredible, hasn't it, to watch I, I, how everything is played out this and, week? And, and I, I do think it's it's kind of about time that it's after happening, and it was a long time coming. I think the writers doing it is 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 one thing, and it's very strong for the writers to do it. But for actors who um, who are now coming out, and like you're talking about Oscar-winning actors who are coming out saying that this is time enough, like for anybody to be told that um, you're going to be brought in on a day we're going to film you, then we're going to digitalize you, and then we're going to use that for the rest of history, and you only get one day's payment, is an absolute joke. And that's only a small mm. percentage of what's going on there. And, like, it, it, they seem to forget that, like, you know, it's, it's, it's great to be a lead in a show. It's great to be a lead in a film and that you're getting your 10 or 12 million. Like, the actors are probably on, it states like $500 a day, like you know, six hundred dollars a day, and then if if they're booked for a week, they won't get that daily rate. They will get then probably if you're on six hundred dollars a day, that means on a five day week you you should get three grand for the week, but you probably get two and a half, mm-hmm. and that's the way they work, which is fine because it it is a business. But then they buy out forever, so for however that film is successful, you're still only getting that rate. Whereas it's the 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 CEOs of the companies are getting like there was the case in one of the CEOs was brought in for a million a year, yet his bonus was twenty four million. <laughs> you know how how do you how do you justify that? I, you can't, you can't, and I think we're only scratching the surface, and it's a whole other chat for a whole other day. Mm. Uh, what? impact AI is going to have on mm. the entire entertainment industry. I mean, like anyone who's scrolling randomly or even not intentionally on any kind of social media, you can't help but come across deep fakes and all sorts of stuff. I mean, I heard yes. Johnny Cash singing Barbie Girl uh, during the week. You know, I mean, like, so your voice can be taken, your image can be taken, everything can be and taken. Writing, and writing, uh, and writing can yeah, be taken. Yeah. Exactly. Now, some of the AI writing, let's face it, 
it's a bit brutal. So, John, you're safe. It's safe for you. <laughs> but no, it's a, it's a serious argument. Listen, we have to go to a break. And I'm so delighted for all of you coming in. Congratulations, John, on the most beautiful play. And to Kieran and to Cora, uh, the best of luck for, for a much. gorgeous run in the Cork Arts Theatre. Fred and Alice, opening Wednesday night. CorkArtsTheatre.com for all the details. Yeah, thank you very much. Corks 96 FM and C103. The Arts House with Griffin's Potatoes. Feeding Cork families with delicious Griffin's New Seasons Queens. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 